Welcome to episode 98 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Cody Bradford. Cody is an AMGA certified rock guide. Cody travels around the United States guiding people into the high country, climbing the steep faces of our mountains. In this episode, we discuss what it's like to be a guide, how to climb mountains efficiently, the psychological process, and more. If you'd like to check out Cody's Tech Tip Tuesdays, check him out on Instagram at the Cody Bradford, and you can also find him at CodyBradford.com. I hope you guys enjoy this wide-ranging conversations as much as I did. Without any further ado, here's Cody. I started guiding and instructing climbing officially with my first certification in 2012 Mm -hmm. but i really jumped into the whole scene of both working and playing in the mountains in 2008 2008 was climbing your first uh, passion actually whitewater kayaking Mm -hmm. so boating was actually my first real hint and and passion along that was my first like technical passion and my Mm -hmm. first Probably like most folks was backpacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. and was it um, so with backpacking? Was it just hiking in the outdoors and stuff? How do, how did you get introduced into uh, boating from there? So when I moved uh, away from the city in Greensboro, North Carolina, I moved up to Boone, North Carolina, mm-hmm. to start attending a community college there, and then eventually that's where I went to Appalachian State University, and. Um, I needed a job in order yeah. to pay tuition and um, make uh, and, and pay rent. So I, uh, after a bunch of things that had happened, I'd been in the music industry for a hot second uh, that wasn't much of a hot second. It was very, <laughs> it was a very faint second. Would you play um, uh, when you were doing music? I was a bass player bass by trade. Player. Yeah, wow. I picked up a lot of instruments, but bass was always my favorite. Um, still have it. Still carry it around with me everywhere. <laughs> at least one with me everywhere I go. Um, but I wanted to be outside and I don't know what that draw was. I don't know what that, uh, I don't know where that drive really came from. It just, I needed something different. I needed a culture. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to work on a farm and Whoa. there was a listing for a farm hand. And <laughs> I, uh, met this fella by the name of Brent Cochran who owns Shady Grove Gardens and nursery <laughs> in, in Boone, North Carolina. They grow, they grow flowers a lot, but they also have a farm where they grow produce. Oh, cool. And he also happened to be this very prominent whitewater kayaker from the 80s and 90s. And it was just by that relationship that I ended up um, discovering more about the technical components of what I needed to actually launch myself out there. Mm. I didn't have any knowledge of it. I just wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And so he was my first professional source mm. an ACA trainer with the American Canoe Association he was a, a wilderness first responder instructor because he was a, uh, an EMT um, he had all this prowess he was my introduction mostly <laughs> yeah and from there I just met a bunch of people that's cool and was there some point where you had to stop doing other things to spend more time doing um, boating for instance uh, my time was very free. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I tried, re- I didn't do so well in high school. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to do really well in college, which fortunately to my delight, I ended up doing well. <laughs> and, and so, but other than that, I spent 
as much of my time as possible going out and exploring. A lot of that was spent by myself mm-hmm. kind of a, I'm a bit of a loner yeah. and a lot of that was spent doing that. So I didn't really have any other things to drop. I <laughs> just had that open ability oh, uh, at that point. Yeah. I can, I can share on that because like I've realized all the sports that I do are solo sports with, of course, there's a community based around it, right? Like I do jujitsu. I train with, um, fellow competitors and, um, and the likes and then we go and we compete but it's all on me and like i don't i don't really like team sports that much and that's just a natural right i I just looked one day and i'm like oh i want to i don't like working for people i like working with people um and i don't like doing sports you know in a group but by myself and i've just kind of figured out that i i prefer to be by myself for for like pretty big swaths of time you know and you know how it's like there's degrees of it where i have friends and they're like i'd never go like you know name any metropolis but here like seattle right because it's like too crowded there and um i understand but they like want to live out in the wilderness all the time i I can't relate to that because like while i like to be alone i love like having big chunks of being alone and then being immersed in like in people whether it's like climbing community or jujitsu and like i love it and then i get tired and (laughs) i go off and think you know i think that i i like actually being yeah immersing myself in in around people but there's the huge voice in my head has always told me you don't like being around people (laughs) and And, uh, but I, I think I, I relate similarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's nice to go out and be out on your own, but uh, climbing, for example, is a very partner oriented sport. And, um, while it's definitely possible, um, just the other day I went out, um, up to the early winter spires on my own just to go play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great. Yeah. But it also is a little boring. It's hard to, it's like going bouldering, you know, which yeah. I don't do much of, but it's really hard for me to motivate and want to do anything. With I usually just sit down on a pad, try one thing and go, wow, I'm really bored now. Yeah. So that's how I felt with, um, when I was doing like comparing like running to jujitsu is I realized that I needed different mental systems in order to be able to run trails. Cause I could run downhill. It's a lot of fun, like skiing downhill, right? You get in that flow state and you're just moving, keeping your feet underneath you, avoiding rocks. And like, when I go uphill though, all I want to do is like quick, 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 quick. And I've had to trick myself, park at the top of a mountain so I can run downhill. And then the only way to get to the car is up. So like, but within jujitsu, I have these people around me and like, I, it would my business partner, my training partner, right? He's the same weight and same size as me. And we compete together a lot and at all these tournaments. But when we get to grapple each other, it, he motivates me so much by that competition or when I'm grappling like alongside one of my other friends who's further behind me. It, it definitely is difficult. And so even backpacking, cause like I'll go on the, these longer trips, right? And backpacking is worse not worse, but harder for me than running. Cause running, sure, I'll, yeah. I'll do like a, like a 50 mile loop in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. And with backpacking, it might be stretched over like three days. And that feeling of alone sometimes is like hard to bite. I like, I like being alone, but then when I'm out there, like, do I really? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's where uh, a lot of my, the whole idea behind tech tip started was mm-hmm. because I was by myself. And I, part of being alone is means I get to think my brain is always 
busy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like arguing yeah. with myself mm-hmm. and debating Dude, with myself and playing devil's advocate for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where that idea actually came from was actually just, I was I, by myself and I was, I was asking myself the question of, well, principally, does this make sense? And I said, I think it does. And so originally it started out as this, I, I, I would wanted to ask people questions and say, principally, how does this make sense? And then of course that eventually evolved into you, you can't answer questions all the time because mm-hmm. um, it's overwhelming and you have other things I had to do. So I, it eventually changed, but that was where it came from was just being alone. And that's why I think I, uh, part of why climbing took over so much other than the river almost killing me mm-hmm. oh, wow. uh, was um, <laughs> to, uh, it, 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 it was this kinesthetic math problem that not mm-hmm. only you're out climbing and that's the thing that we all know about and talk mm-hmm. about, but also behind the scenes, all of the little technical yeah. the jingly jings and all oh, the yeah. things you all over your harness out. and everything. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So cognitively, how do we use this stuff and how can I, and how to use the mountain too? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you do to manage risk? And then all of that, uh, all came from being out, on my own and mm-hmm. just playing with stuff and thinking about it. And of course, mentors mm-hmm. t- being like, Cody, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And anyway, okay, recess. Mm-hmm. So for your learning <clears throat> process, do you prefer to, to, um, to be given like information and then go off alone to be able to integrate and learn that information and then come back for feedback? Like, <sighs> do, you, do you know what I mean by that? Or do you I, prefer I, to be like in a community learning the whole time? Like within a group, I I think the former, the former because yeah. uh, again being in a group is hard for me, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't totally know why that is. Maybe I just have <laughs> inherent social anxiety in certain That's, formats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think problem solving raises my stress levels, which is funny because I worked for Hour Bound for so long, and that's kind of the whole point, <laughs> or at least it's part of the point. And uh, to move with community, but I I, I do think that. I learned much better mm-hmm. um, going out and trying and testing things myself when it's feasible mm-hmm. and, and then coming back and receiving, Hey, I did it this way mm-hmm. or, or being one-on-one with one of those, one of those mentors, early mentors or early guides in my, my life and saying like, Hey, what, what do you think about this? And then giving me that instant feedback of, well, I think this and this <laughs> change this course correct yeah yeah that's, yeah so going out playing with it getting feedback later because being in the group i feel like it starts to for me it always got muddled mm-hmm. and and i would never know who okay well what am i doing mm-hmm. and yeah yeah see, i've had a similar experience to that too is like and i'm learning it more because when i was um, doing sales and marketing for like a startup right if i were in the room and trying to learn something it would probably take me twice as long and, but for sure. me though, like on my personal things, like I have the social anxiety, like, Oh, I wonder if they're watching me or if this is the right way. Like I'm questioning myself. Whereas like if I were by myself, it's just, I'm just in the process. It's easier for me to be present, so to speak. Totally. I suppose. Yeah. I also think I want every, and I, maybe you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I just, I want everyone else to be happy with mm-hmm. the work that's being done Yeah. and the things that are being figured out. And I want them to make sure that they're empowered. And I want to, and, and then before I know it, I'm like, well, I haven't thought about the problem at all. I've just spent all of my time <laughs> thinking about how great, these folks feel about a great it. Great guide, though. Which like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, which it actually worked out. I think yeah, the filter kind of it, it all filtered down, and now mm-hmm. I'm down here in this like more purified uh, uh, career of mine. Now, hopefully, that's what I've done. Well, I think that's <laughs> but, the beautiful thing because like I, I work with uh, emotionally and behaviorally like. 
delayed or uh, children, they just struggle with their, with their behavior. Right. Certainly. And I work in the school district and they'll like, so you try to get them to do work and stuff and try to run out of the classroom or like younger ones bite you, older ones hit you. And you have to be able to navigate that and like teach the, teach them, teach them how to manage their behaviors so that they can learn the things to help them. Right. But it doesn't obviously seem like that. So I try to have like, at least to them. Cause it's like, you're trying to get me to do this work. It's like, I want you to be able to read so you can do whatever you want basically. And, right, and right. with that, you would take that person who has like, like the student I'd work with is very aggressive, right? It's a one-on-one. So I work with this kid throughout the whole school year every day. And like, he would get aggressive when he didn't know something. Right. And that level of aggression, I could either attempt to through like conversation, right. And stamp it out or mm-hmm. I can run away from it and let it run rampant. Right. Sure. But the biggest thing is, is like, no, these are characteristics of who you are. Like you, you have this, this ability that can be used for good or for bad. Right. Not to sound cliche, but with his aggression, it's useful, right? It's not has it's not inherently bad. It's just the way it's used, and that's how like for me with I have like I'm self conscious and stuff, and I have like some level of anxiety, right? But that's not inherently bad either, because that lends me to think about conversations a lot and like want to have conversations with people because like I want to work on that, right? right. And that I'm able to channel that in a constructive way that makes me feel fulfilled instead of like paralyzed and debilitated, and that's where even like with climbing has been super helpful and it's almost targeted because I'm the kind of person where I would defer to the other person to make a decision. So I decided that it's important to learn to be a good lead climber because I I can't, I shouldn't be deferring to another person for, you know, advice unless I genuinely don't know what's going on. Right. It was literally out of habit. I've had moments where it's like, I know what to do here, but then I defer to you and yeah, to my detriment, I guess. Yeah. It's a very, uh, uh, it's a legacy sport. It's a, it's a folk sport. Mm-hmm. It gets handed down through generations and that, and, and that makes a environment for mentor mentee mm-hmm. relationships. And that's, yeah, that's how it goes. You yeah. put a lot of trust into this individual that is so much more experienced than you, that you know about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, Maybe that's what, yeah, and 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 maybe that's why for me I was always like, man, I really want a credential so that people can just look and know that okay, this person has met this third party basic yeah. standard, which unfortunately in our country isn't. Most people don't even know what that base standard would be, mm-hmm. and I can't blame them. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's definitely not their fault; it's just the nature of it in this country. But I, I would because I just didn't. I, I I needed all the information first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, like before I jumped into anything, well I wanted to know. Well, what, what have you done? What are you putting me on belay with? This pitch is very hard for me. There's mm-hmm. a real possibility I'm going to fall. It's overhanging. It's ex- so it's exposed. I'm scared. I need more information. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because then I would get on lower angle stuff. Of course, things that you're comfortable with mm-hmm. they, where you don't, but you, you still have very high consequence for falling. You're oh, just yeah. not likely to fall. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden my need for knowledge goes down. And so <laughs> I'm much more, yeah, trusting of people and, yeah, uh, it's funny how that doesn't ever change. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause exactly who who you are, right. It's still, despite like any of your development within your skills and interests, like you still are exactly who you are. Right. Yeah. It doesn't really human change. Condition, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> comes funny. into climbing and, and all of a sudden it becomes dangerous. And so managing that human condition of, mm-hmm. of like cognitive dissonance, groupthink, mm-hmm. and all these other things that, 
yeah, it becomes serious. That's really cool. And, and then what you use like the technical aspects, right. To be able to navigate that. Right. Yeah. Which for me is really fun. And I mm-hmm. think that it's easy for me being between the age of 18 and 40 years old, mm-hmm. <laughs> straight white male. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seems to be something that we really like to do now, but I, yeah. I, 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 I joke a little bit, but I think that is a large part of my demographic, um, oh, yeah. it's, which it's is totally fine. Like- I think uh, that's totally fine to me, but, um, uh, and I, um, yeah, I think that it is a, it's, it's a, it's an entire, it, it it's almost like its own sport <laughs> in a way. Um, I love to climb and I, I think I'm a pretty good rock climber. Yeah. Um, enough that, I mean, it gets me by, no one's going to be interviewing me mm-hmm. because of my climbing ability though. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, but, but so what I, but, but the technical aspect could almost be its own sport mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a way. Um, but the nice thing is, is that for me, it just puts me in better and bigger terrain mm-hmm. more efficiently. And that's why I like being able to use those things yeah. because for me, it's, it's just about going out and, and being out there and just moving and seeing different stuff. Mm-hmm. I always want to know what's around that bend yeah. and what's going to get me around that bend is maybe if I just use this tool in a little bit different way. See, I like that. Cause that's where I, my relationship with ultra running has grown is like, I, I like backpacking, but if that, I like to backpack when I'm doing that to go to a cool mountain to climb, like, sure. I, I can't do it for the sake of it. Well, I can, but I enjoy running more because I enjoy being able to see that same landscape, you know, um, thoroughly. Right. And I'm able to see more of it and be out there more. Right. And that's mainly, it doesn't even come from actual running. Cause like I'm quick hiking on most of the ups and just running the downs. And a lot of it comes from just my efficiency with whether it's like, um, hydration or fueling. Right. And also what I carry on me and, you know, I can cut sleep. I can sleep on the side of a trail with like uh, a rain shell and then a jacket and a flannel uh, underneath and just, just, you know, stuff up. And when I do that without all that weight, I'm able to move more. Right. And that's where I've like, I valued the stuff that you've put out for tech tip Tuesdays because being a single father, like wanting to get out and to do multi-pitch, it's like, I'm not necessarily trying to be as fast as possible, but I am trying to be as fit, as efficient as I can, or I'm trying to learn to be, cause I don't, you know, amateur, but so I can see as much of that wilderness and be out there as much as I can. Totally. You know? And it also helps too, because it, as I go along and learn more of a technical aspect, um, I become more and more secure and confident in, in climbing, but not just in climbing. And I'd say like for me, life in general. Sure. And I, yeah. And, it's uh, a, it, that that's actually starting to become more apparent to me. And what I'm hoping to do from, from folks who are specifically following my channel is that, or my page is that I, I do, I would say at least half of the questions I get aren't necessarily about the tools that I'm presenting, mm-hmm. but it's about things like, Oh, how do you do a multi-pitch transition? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that really depends. And, you know, and usually my answer tends to be, it really depends yeah. and you really have to go out and just practice those things. <laughs> and what I'm noticing is that there's a dissonant and this might, I apologize. I'm changing the subject, but that just spurred this in my mind of, uh, there is a dissonance between, um, so people come onto my channel, like wanting to just know things mm-hmm. and, and really the, the, at the beginning of the day it, or the beginning of the, of, of me running the page, it really, and I think it's to an extent, it's still this way. I want people to have 
um, come in with a background and then hopefully they're looking at the skill that I'm giving Mm -hmm. and using it because they are aware of the context it could be used in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have this fight with myself of whether or not I should put a tool up because Mm -hmm. what I've been doing more recently is just using like kind of cool tools that really you could use anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could happen at any time. And um, recently though, I, I have, there, there have been a couple tools that I've given where, I mean, one, I even put a disclaimer on because mm-hmm. I was like, this really is rare. You shouldn't have to do this kind of thing. But it was a request I got from several people. So I did it. Wow. And then what I realized after I put it up was like, wow, I not only did one, I don't think I did that well because, but I also realized that it was, this is inappropriate to put in a one minute video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, it's, I have this fight with myself recently of whether or not I should put things up because the, um, you know, because and the reason I brought it up is because what you just said about, mm-hmm. uh, for example, wanting to go on a multi pitch route, mm-hmm. and I hope that I'm not giving out information that's going to put people up there and then get mm-hmm. them in trouble because the tool works. Mm-hmm. Principally, it's all sound, but I always do run. I know I run that delicate arc of all right is this you know when when have i crossed the line where things are you know someone's going to use this and then i then i usually tell myself well then if i'm not doing it someone else is going to put it out Mm -hmm. there who i I don't know this person yeah uh, and i don't know who this person might end up being Mm -hmm. but i at least know that i've been checked by a third party Mm -hmm. i also know that i've run this by a lot of uh, colleagues who have much higher credentials than me and I just, yeah, want to it's, make sure that's the thing. It's interesting because I didn't think about that until now, which is if I were to give advice in jujitsu or ultra running, you just might have a tough day at running or you might have a tough competition because you're the, um, the submission or whatever you're doing, like an arm bar and the way you're setting up the arm bar, it doesn't really work. It's, it's kind of silly, silly. Right. And like, um, and you trusted me and I broke that trust and that, that sucks. And now I've lost my credibility. But in terms of climbing, if, if you, if the information isn't, isn't correct or, or the consequences, right. Mm-hmm. For, for the application of the information is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, which is why I, I, I will say that I, at this point, there's not very many things that I have up that mm-hmm. couldn't be used in almost any situation. That's interesting. And I try really hard to stay away from certain, you'll notice that I don't have a lot of, uh, a ton of things about, for example, bailing or repelling. Mm-hmm. Cause there are just so many things that can happen. Um, while descending only accounts for about of a third of all incidents, it's actually more leading, uh, experiences that account for more incidents. And that can be on snow, ice, rock, whatever. But, um, I, I don't have a lot just because the, the, the consequences can just be much more dire. Yeah. There's no protection system in place necessarily other than just the anchor you're on. Just, um, it's the, it's the end all be all your bat. Your, all your eggs are in one basket on a rappel mm-hmm. and that basket needs to be good. And so I often won't necessarily touch it because all of the things that I show on my mm-hmm. page are assuming that all the things behind the scenes are all good to mm-hmm. go, which is why I encourage people. And, and I've done it is, is to um, go out with someone who is a friend of yours that maybe has some real formal training mm-hmm. from a certified mountain professional or, or hire someone, spend a bit of money and hire someone and 
Um, that latter one is hard and I, mm-hmm. and I recognize that. I mean, like it's not cheap. Um, but I do think it ends up being, that's kind of like your fast track into saying, yeah. Oh yeah. I've been here before. I know what the, the guy did in this situation. Here's my situation. I have some tools that I, um, that I've read about and now I can use it more <laughs> efficiently. Cause like, okay, I've been here as opposed to, I haven't been here before, but I've read a ton about it. So I don't know how to assess this rock quality. I don't really know what that bolt is. <laughs> yeah. It's spinning, but the other one seems fine. So it's probably good to go. Um, you know, or am I even in the right place? I don't yeah, actually exactly. know. Like, you know, you get to Alpine and all of a sudden, like, am I even in the right gully? I don't actually, yeah. not actually certain. That happens in Red Rock too. I've had that one when someone was leading. They're like, I don't I think it's the right goalie. And then I climb <clears> up through the cave and go into a chimney at the top of the cave. Yeah. And it's like, Nope, this is not the right goalie. We got we got to go around here and mm-hmm. just having to navigate that. Like, Which then brings you full circle back to both groupthink and cognitive dissonance, where you start. Well, actually, you really you just you start convincing yourself that you're where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I know this has got to be it. You could be in this gully that's just full of thick brush. It's pretty mm-hmm. obvious no one has been down there <laughs> yeah. for a very long time, or very few people have been down there. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, I'm on one of the most popular routes in the park. Why? And I know this is an adventurous descent or something, but why is there no other sign of people being here? Very little sign of people being here. Like Mm -hmm. because you're probably in the wrong spot. Yeah. But then you're like, well, I'm already committed to this. I know you're not. You're just going to have to really turn around and go back uphill. And sometimes that's the answer. Yeah. Well, what's a technical solution to get out of this? Like there isn't one turn around and walk back up the gully. Exactly. Get back on the right path. Find the most recent Karen you saw or the most recent blaze or whatever. (laughs) And that's hard. Yeah. And those things will keep you alive. Right. It's like, Hopefully, yeah, most yeah, well, of the time. Yeah, most yeah. of the time, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, so. And that's that thing is like just the visceral experience of high-level consequences are make it easier for me to be able to to navigate that. Because, like, I was in that scenario, and that was at a time in my life when, like, I had someone on my podcast, and they talk about conspiracy theories right around that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to buckle up. I'm going to just go on a ride and just listen. And <laughs> like, Nibiru, It is like going on a ride. Yeah, it is. And they're like, there's like the center of the earth is hollow and there's like a whole civilization behind the sun. And that, that whole thing, though, I'm like, all right, I'm going on a ride, but I prefer more of like a devil's advocate, not like I'm trying to convince you into what I'm thinking. But the way that I would have loved for that to go is, is like a little bit of pushback. And I want to know what they think, their reasoning behind it. Like that's the ride. That's fun because I, I see how, just like how I see how you fall in love with climbing, right? I see how they go down this, this hole of, of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do that. And then I go out and do this, um, this climb and I'm like, Oh, we're in the wrong goalie. And this is a person that I really respect. And that was a ch- challenging moment. I did not have to think twice about that, about saying you were wrong. I think it's over this way. Like, let's talk about this and, and go. And that that's helped because now, like, I feel not directly from climbing, perhaps, but from a variety of things that I'm doing, um, it's becoming easier and easier for me to just, like, actually have an honest conversation. If, mm-hmm. I, if I disagree or if I want to push back, because, like, I don't want to die or I don't want to go up the wrong route even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is it, 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 that's really similar to when you're uh, uh, a lot of the conversations I get into on the internet mm-hmm. with with individuals, whether uh, private messages or, um, or or out in the comment thread. It uh, um, I really appreciate all of the comments I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone asks me 
how uh, you know you must get trolled all the time and stuff. And like, not really. No, people oh, ask, I just think people ask really good questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's strange. People are very civil. I mean, people aren't civil. Yeah. And I say, hey, y'all, can we keep it civil, please? I mean, so far everyone's been very responsive. Oh, it's great, and, and it's good, and I, I appreciate that. But it is really fun to go like down the Facebook rabbit hole and like go to REI's like most recent posts about anything mm-hmm. and watch and look at the comment threads <laughs> and, and saying like, I really want to go in here and play devil's advocate right now, but I don't think that is, that's just it. This is group thing. Like at, at the extreme yes. right now. And, uh, it was really funny. You said conspiracy theories the other day I was, uh, I was out driving, um, actually on my way up to Washington and I, I had this thought bubble pop of, man, you know, like comment threads about climbing on the internet, are what make me understand why conspiracy theories exist. Because <laughs> one person will say, oh, yeah, and this is why I always do this, because like this other thing never works. And then just enough people, one or two people will be like, yep, I completely agree with that. Or you just like look at the likes on the mm-hmm. comment, and that was enough to all of a sudden now that's what the conversation becomes about. Oh, and I'm like, wow. wait, yo, hold on. <laughs> First, none of, well, none of that makes any sense. Yeah. Wait, what? what were we even talking about anymore? <laughs> this is, this is, where are we? Where did this, yeah, where are we? And, and, uh, yeah, it, it's so funny how humans are, we, we, we need, and I, and I, I'm just as guilty of this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I am certain, although I hope I'm getting better mm-hmm. is that one, uh, we, we, we have opinions and we need people to know about those opinions. Yes. Um, no, I, I, that's, that, that's, I mean, I, I do think that's partially it, but mm-hmm. really what it is, it, 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 we can only take in so much information at once. And so mm-hmm. when someone gives us a bit of information and they say it in a way with, with some, with some vigor mm-hmm. and uh, it gets a little bit of attention behind it or a push behind it, it becomes easier to believe. And that's where groupthink really starts. And that's the human condition because all it takes like for, I, I don't, I'm not a very good skier, but I'm trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, when p- individuals are going out skiing an avalanche terrain and, and, you know, everyone's talking and, and everyone ideally is looking around, mm-hmm. you know, at the hills sides around you, like looking at snow conditions, looking for evidence of you know, how, how is like the sun affecting things anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Skiers are listening to this going, oh, my God, Cody, don't talk about skiing. Um, but anyway, the point is, though, is that people do that. And mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden, uh, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But really, you're staring at the tips of the person's skis in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you're talking and maybe you're getting into a heated debate about something. Mm-hmm. And, and you forget about the context going on all around you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to a decision point because you haven't been paying attention, but you have no information to go on, on that decision because mm-hmm. you've been talking the whole time. And that's great. I mean, that's part of it, <laughs> but this is the difference. Like that, that's cragging talk. You know, <laughs> you can have cragging talk. That's great because you know, the approach, there's a bunch of other people out there and, uh, it's great, which by the way, I love, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. love sport climbing, but then all of a sudden you go up into the mountains and then now you're making real decisions. And then before you know it, you're, I haven't seen a Karen in a while. We're, Okay, well, Cliff's out over here. Cliff's out this way, too. How did I even get here? <laughs> and and then, well, okay, well, I think it's over here. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think it's over here. Okay, yeah, that looks good. Well, let's go down that. And then before you know it, three hours have passed, or maybe, hopefully not that long, but like an hour <laughs> or two has passed, and you're no, and now you have to reverse your course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, oh. and uh, all, because, all because someone had an opinion, asserted mm-hmm. it, 
it sounded good. And because of all the effort it would take to remember even what the first context was, Mm -hmm. you won't go back to it. And then, so you end up making this, which which is how accidents happen. Right. And it's like this buildup of things to create this perfect storm of an, of of an accident, which amazingly accidents are rare. That's yeah. That is very amazing. By the way, they're not rare enough that Mm -hmm. they're not a concern, you know, and it's, but that's how they happen mm-hmm. is that all of a sudden you just convinced yourself into a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yes. You and walked yourself right into it. And yeah. do a cliffed out conspiracy. Theory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you convinced yourself of your own conspiracy. Have you found yourself in a similar, in a similar situation to that where you caught yourself, <clears throat> um, getting caught up in like the moment, right. And, and losing track of like the paying attention to the context and all the signs that you have to, that you have to. Um, yeah, on little and big scales. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a route in North Carolina and, uh, it's called the brooch and it's this beautiful overhanging jug hall mm-hmm. that goes out this perfect crack and you don't climb it like a crack though. It's yeah, your feet to eventually your feet totally disappear and you just have about like three feet of this of this bit of rock to work with with this beautiful crack that you can put your hands into and oh, it's just wow. it's awesome and it's just such a good position and i was so distracted by knowing that that crux was gonna be up there mm-hmm. that i knew it was like it's it's not there's no dis- defined hard section it's just you gotta save a lot of energy well so i was just gassed and ready to go and mm-hmm. i psyched myself up i think i was playing i think i had a the crystal method playing on my on, on my phone like and I go up and I, I and and I'm moving quickly. I'm trying to climb quickly. I'd never seen it before, but I was so psyched. I was like, I know this part is actually pretty easy, and I'm just ready to get up there. And then before I knew it, I looked back down, and I'm starting to get into where it's really it starts to sit, remain sustained. Your feet start to disappear a little bit. I'm starting mm-hmm. to place all my crux gear. But then I look back down at my belay, and my rope is running. I forget exactly how far, probably 15 meters or so, mm-hmm. 10 to 15 meters back to the anchor. And there's not a single piece of gear in because I was just so, or maybe I had one stopper in or something. Uh-huh. I hadn't placed anything. And I was like, I mean, my gear was great. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, that was terrible risk management. Oh, yeah. And then I went through the entire crux thinking about that. And of course I couldn't pull it. And I, yeah. I blew off of it each time I tried and getting mm-hmm. back on the route is quite difficult. Cause you're just out in the middle of space. Yeah. Um, Wow. And, and it, it's, it's nothing her, it, the position is heroic. I mean, the climbing itself is nothing <laughs> heroic. Um, for me it was, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, but yeah, I, I just, I, I look back on that and go, wow. You know I mean? So between me and the ground, I mean, I was a ground fall potential. I'm two pitches <laughs> up, but not well, really, yeah. you know, I'm, it is in North Carolina mm-hmm. and yeah, things are tall, but they're ledgy. And mm, yeah. so, I mean, I could have theoretically, if, if I had fallen before I got my third or fourth piece in or whatever, and I mm-hmm. conceivably had ripped those other pieces, which unlikely, but could have happened, mm-hmm. I could have hit the ground from yeah, all the way up there. Ooh, I yeah. mean, and it would have killed me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and all because I, I convinced myself that the, where I need to focus on is like the client and I had forgot it was, is the end and I'd forgotten to protect the pitch. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so, enough. It sounds like it must've stuck with you. It was, yeah, it, it did because nothing happened, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really tell your brain that like, this is really important mm-hmm. uh, with any kind of meaning beyond like, just, I should really remember this. Fortunately, I mean, I did. I mean, I took, mm-hmm. 
pretty hard on myself in that regard. And afterwards, I was kind of like, wow, that was really stupid. That was really, really, really dumb. Um, but yeah, that's what I took away from it, though. It's just, okay, just you have to think about how you're protecting this pitch. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just protect the, the hard moves. There's a sequence of thoughts and, and you've jumped ahead and you need to be able I was to be at present. The conclusion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. At the conclusion, I needed to be in the process, mm -hmm. yeah. which Arno Ilgner would say much better than me. <laughs> it's always important to be in the process though. Man. Yeah. That's yeah. And uh, do you, how's your self-talk? Have you always had, have you often had positive self-talk or have you struggled with self-talk in the past? Yeah, a lot. I, my self-talk in general, I, it's, I, I think I'm probably a pessimistic person, generally mm -hmm. speaking. I would hope that I would consider myself realistic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I'm still examining that, I think. <laughs> but um, I try, I, I, it, it, life's boring if I was an optimist, I yes. guess. That does a, I don't think people who are optimists are boring. I think for me, it would, it would be really hard for me to be optimistic all the time. You, you so, would free solo instead of do tech tips, right? It's yeah. Optimist instead of a pessimist. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, this is going to go great. Yeah. I can climb this hard. <laughs> and the self-talk along with that isn't always good. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think for myself, I have to remember to uh, do two things. One is, and, and guides growing up have, uh, in, in, uh, not necessarily growing up, but early in my career, earlier in my career, guy, guys telling me, one, you need to keep the inner talk, mm -hmm. the inner dialogue, inner. <clears throat> I have um, trouble with that, too. It's really hard. So as, a, as yeah. an instructor or a guide, if I'm scared, mm -hmm. what does that tell my guest? You know, if I'm up there saying, well, this is pretty scary. <laughs> so what kind of confidence is that instilling in them? I mean, of course, it happens mm -hmm. totally. But but you have to keep that in there. And then the second one is just what what are you saying and how much information are you saying? Mm -hmm. um, and so in that regard, hopefully it's positive and hopefully it's short. So uh, one thing that I really learned from Arno Ilgner was um, first is focus on the, the process and understand what. So before you even started climbing, you know what you have to give mm -hmm. ideally. And so you're focusing on, I just started to focus on breathing and telling myself to, uh, to remember to breathe. So I just say to myself, breathe, breathe <laughs> or, but not even that fast. It's just breathe, breathe. <laughs> and, and then also being able to say, um, like stand on your feet relax your grip, but that's it. That's pretty much like those three mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. or keep moving, mm. you know, because that's another, like if you stall, one thing that he would ask me in the clinics that I took with him is like, you would stop and he, he would ask, are you climbing or are you resting? Mm. And if I'm not climbing, I, I should be resting. Mm -hmm. And when I realized what I was doing, I was wasting a lot of energy because I'm just sitting there not climbing, but I'm also not resting. I'm tense. Mm -hmm. I, my, I'm over gripping. My heels are high and then I have to remind myself, okay, breathe, lower your heels, relax your grip, rest. <laughs> hey, that's, yeah, that, that, I've had to do because, that. Yeah. If you stop mid crux section, you know, you should have, I, I mean, obviously things come up, mm -hmm. but you should have had thought about that. Because momentum is a big thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As soon as you lose momentum that you stop in the, uh, your, your thinking takes over essentially mm -hmm. and you start doubting at that mm -hmm. point and for me doubting is really easy to do yeah me as well yeah it's so that's why it, actually sport climbing recently has been really nice excuse me 
because I can, I, I, the, the flow is easier because mm-hmm. stopping to place gear isn't, isn't a thing. And so mm-hmm. recently I've been pushing my grade a lot more and more and more because it's so easy to shut that part of the brain off and mm-hmm. you really can continuously move. Mm, if I know yeah. I have a great belayer who's experienced has caught falls, da da da, and knows the context, knows what they're doing. And, you know, she's giving me a great belay and I, I know that these bolts are great and everything and mm-hmm. I can just flow and it's, it's really nice. You're yeah. getting on traditional routes that are hard, but I know really well. That's also, I've gone back and repeated some stuff and that's been really fun. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been learning is I'm, I'm definitely in that phase where it's like, especially with trad is to be able to get out of that mindset of like the, the doubt. Right. And and then also a sport is just being able to flow all the way up it. Like I'm, I'm very much r- wrestling with that and I have been, and I've been reading, uh, training for rock climbing. Um, forget who it's by, but it's a great book. And that's one of the, the things that he mentions is, is like, is breathe, move and focus on whether or not you're over gripping and finding those key rest positions. And if you're not resting, you're climbing. Yeah. And it's helped me. It's helped me so much because a lot of the the things that I struggled with initially were mental more so than physical. Cause like, I don't want to sound like that guy, but, or douche, I guess, but like, uh, the, like the physical aspects, it's not very challenging even like to the five ten, right. Cause just doing like athletics and stuff like that. But mentally this rock climbing challenges me more than almost any sport. Because like a lot of the other things I can kind of get away with, like running, you know, if I'm like doubtful, I, I just keep running. But like rock climbing, I can literally get into a, a adrenaline state, like freeze mode, right? Like that happened to me on my first climb where I'm like halfway up and I'm climbing and then I stop and it's like, I want down, but I have to have these conversations to push myself up. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because all of a sudden you stop and either you realize where you are, you realize how far away you are. Uh, a lot of my guests who are brand new, mm-hmm. um, I will notice there there are a lot of trends and I can almost guess when they're happening at this point mm-hmm. and, and kind of know when they're or when they're about to happen. And you can watch people. And I and I, of course, I did this, too. But you watch an individual approach and maybe even we can all still notice it in ourselves mm-hmm. as of us who, who do climb quite a bit. Where when you're looking up at the route, if you catch yourself looking at the end Mm -hmm. or looking how far away the anchors are or looking where the anchors are all before you've even looked at the opening moves on the route. (laughs) And it's been pretty funny. I've even recently caught myself like, wow, I really want to onsite this route. That'd be fun. And uh, just the other day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I. I, I looked at it for a little while and I thought like, okay, I think I know what I'm going to do here, here. And I had never looked at the first 15 mm-hmm. feet. Yeah. And then I started up it and I was totally off route. Oh, wow. I was, I was like in nothing. And I'm like, wow, this is really awkward and hard. And <laughs> someone goes, yeah, it starts over here. I was wondering why you were going over there. I'm like, <laughs> oh, cause I, cause I forgot to look yeah. up and, 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 and I bet that book that you were saying too, probably doesn't focus on, it doesn't say like, oh, now, now clip here. Mm-hmm. It, it's talking about movement and climbing. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's also a lot of times what's happening with individuals is that they're focusing on the climbing, mm-hmm. but they're also really focusing on the, on, on the, all the stuff that's going on. That's not climbing. See, that's the thing that I, I found interesting was they made a distinction in the book when about footwork and how like most climbers, uh, especially new climbers have terrible footwork. And 
if you were to work on that footwork, right, you, you'd be able to jump the learning curve uh, reasonably well. But the most important thing is when you when you place your foot to watch your foot placement and to think about how you're going to place that foot, watch it for precise placement, and then move your eyes to either your next foot or your next hand, right? As opposed to what most people do, which is like, oh, I'm going to place my foot right there. Okay, start placing. Where's my hand going to go? Sure. And like that's you, you've, you're not able to 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 climb to your potential with that footwork. Yeah. Because eventually you probably can develop that sixth sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I think to an extent I feel that way, but <clears throat> the, I, I, it's, it's funny if you don't start that foundation, that's what you lose. But if you also are thinking, um, you know, where's the, uh, always seeking the next big hold mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, you're going to overreach, mm-hmm. you're going to lift your heels all of a sudden, and then which is going to cause you to breathe more heavily because you're straining harder. Now that breathing more heavily makes you tense. Now that tensing makes holding on a lot harder, makes even standing harder, which then makes your brain think more mm-hmm. and strain more. And all of a sudden, before you know it, that leads to, you know, X or whatever. And that's when you get start getting into run out terrain where maybe the climbing's easy or something. I mean, those things mm-hmm. can't really happen there. Yeah. It's funny because we even think about a lot of uh, <laughs> like low fifth class terrain of like you shouldn't be falling in that terrain either <laughs> yeah. ever but also you probably uh, ideally you're not you know getting gripped um mm-hmm. but yeah so but it, what i was saying there was just yeah breaking up the climbing and then the all the stuff going on behind the scenes is not climbing i really <laughs> think people start climbing before or start excuse me i think uh people start focusing a lot on well i should start leading now mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I, I mean, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And people getting their first lead in, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I think that is the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take that away from anyone. I do think people put undue, and I'm one of them, I, I people put undue burden on themselves. They feel like they, it's, all right, it's time. I, I got to lead. It's just, it's that time. And they've, perhaps, I'll speak for myself, you know, I, I spent all this time thinking about when is it time for me to lead all while I'm actually climbing, mm-hmm. not focusing on the climbing at all. I'm just thinking on when it's time to lead. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it's time to lead <laughs> and I'm not actually committed to the leading process yet because mm-hmm. I don't have, and so now I'm thinking too much and most of the time ends well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. And I think it's because we put so much pressure. And again, I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just put, uh, it's easy to put pressure on that situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's totally cool to top rope. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, if someone like in Indian Creek, it's great. If someone puts the route up, mm-hmm. great. Just go over and over and over again on top rope. Just get in that movement and, and keep going and don't pressure yourself to, because I mean, even still, if I'm doing a harder traditional route, mm-hmm. I've got a lot going on. I'm not necessarily thinking, especially if it's at my limit, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of thinking. And it's funny, I'll catch myself getting to the end of the pitch going, wow, that was a beautiful pitch. Mm-hmm. And then I have to kind of ask myself, wait, play devil's advocate. Really, Cody? I mean, because do you even remember what you just did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and honestly, a lot of time the answer is is no. Uh, guiding has ma- made me a lot better at that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't guide routes at my limit really, mm-hmm. unless I'm you know the guest is specifically asked for us to go climb together like that. Um, but the um, I, I I don't I'll catch myself not remembering. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the guiding has made me a lot better at you know being able to get on a pitch and say, okay, I need to think about this because I need to be able to talk someone through this if if need be and remember the movements. But then still, I get up to that that <laughs> limit, and all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I don't remember. I remember like a few of the moves I did, and I'm getting <laughs> better, but that's still a thing. What's helping you get better? I think just doing it a lot. Just do it, yeah, exactly. I think I get used to my brain starts to get used to being okay with being. Um. Yeah, I was like, okay, I've got small gear in, but that's okay because I've fallen on that gear before and I've got a bunch in below it. I've got a good integrated protection system going on here from the ground to where I am. And so I can just move. And when you can just move, all of a sudden, like, okay, cool, I'm going to fix that. Oh, I remember fixing that ring lock above the purple, you know, and and then standing up on this really weird smear on the left. Mm-hmm. And, and all those things, I think for me, it just came with time. It's cool. coming with time. Yeah. And it yeah. seems like it, it, it does with like my experiences like that with jujitsu running, you know, even climbing, like a lot of the things are just like doing it. Right. And yeah. I think that's, that's beautiful because like trying to deliver, like when you have math and English, right. And you're trying to deliver like these abstract, um, these, these abstract things, right. It can be very frustrating because you can't viscerally, you can't feel it. Right. Totally. But in these scenarios, it's like you, you feel it. And would you describe that as like anxiety? That, that you're experiencing, like if you were to pin it, I I, I think so. Uh, anxiety about what? I'm not really sure because mm-hmm. then that gets into fear and what? Yeah, is the fear real? And, and is that what you're getting at? That, that is, yeah, and that's because like it's a very stressful and overwhelming thing, right? And just over time, you become more skilled at dealing with it. And I mean, to keep bringing it back to that, but do you feel anxious similarly in like life? Mm. Does it feel the same or is it like different? Like if you are good at either better, you're getting at that. Is it comparable to how you handle your life's anxiety? I generally think that when you get better at something and something you're passionate about, it makes (laughs) you good in other places because all of a sudden the climbing is in particular, just it kind of, it focuses in all of the, all, all of the human experience into this one, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, this one very prominent thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think so. I, and and I, I have been thinking about it recently where I, uh, I, I, I kind of went through, especially when the season is really busy, I'm not mm-hmm. going out climbing personally as much, <laughs> particularly out, um, going out into the mountains, trying to find a big objective and cause I'm trying to rest. And mm-hmm. so when I do, I end up getting the script in my head of it's less about now a days. It's, it's less about the climbing itself and the fear and all of these things. I've kind of learned how to compartmentalize that, but it's the effort and the mm-hmm. effort. Almost, I get anxious about the effort, mm-hmm. not will I have enough ability to be able to do it, but, oh, what if I need, I need to be well for tomorrow because mm-hmm. you're not doing anything for like the next week <laughs> just just go do it oh well you know what if something happens i get injured and then i can't work and and then i realize mm-hmm. like, that is not realistic and it's it, it's easy to fall into that script mm-hmm. i think pretty easily and uh, and then so i do feel that i've gotten better at analyzing that recently mm-hmm. and saying that that anxiety of of the effort mm-hmm. all of a sudden uh, I realize like, wow, I do that in traffic. Like yeah. I don't want to drive because I just know, Oh, there's going to be traffic. And like, 
for like 15 minutes out of your three hour drive. It doesn't mean anything. Put on a podcast and relax. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, t- I, I really, I, I love driving, but I hate it. Um, yeah, I do too. But, <laughs> and, but I, and then other things too, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, starting a project in, um, uh, you know, the, the van or whatever, and wanting to build more things in it or wanting to start, uh, this, this, uh, web series that I want to make this video series that I want to make. And always asking, I, every time before I set the camera up, I always have to, I'm just like, Oh, you know, it's probably, yeah, what if I say something wrong and then I have to edit that out and then do it all again. And it's like, I have anxiety about this thing that I haven't even tried yet yeah, <laughs> or haven't even done. So it was with my podcast. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So I think it plays into that. <laughs> that's yeah. great man yeah. I, I i don't hope i don't know if it is but <laughs> <laughs> well I, I think it's it's great even in the in the sense that like there's people out there that i really admire um who i'd consider you know very successful such as yourself right because you live a cool lifestyle that i admire right i'm putting on that image awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um I'm there's kidding. like a tim ferris if you're familiar tim ferris why um, oh, it's funny you can name drop now and i would totally <laughs> just be like I would know who they were in any other context, but <laughs> they're like four hour work week and there is an entrepreneur okay. and he's, he's like known for being like a one owner operator of like multi-million dollar company. You know? Okay. And then, um, I consider him pretty successful, not financially, just his lifestyle travels around the world, works from a computer and kind of like batches all of the stuff. And, um, it's really cool, right? He's doing the things that he loves, but then, when I'm learning about him, I, I listened to one of his like articles that, or I read one of his articles and it was about (sighs) masturbating to procrastinate, um, (laughs) doing, doing his book. Right. And like, do like stuff like that. And he always would put something in in there and I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty like, wow. Like that, that's just like his strike. He has an issue with that. And I would consider him once again, like, you know, successful, really nice guy. Um, and he's considered like Oprah Winfrey of podcasting. Right. Hmm. And like, he, he's that person. Well, when in my youth, I'd be like the things that I've done, you know, like overdosed on drugs and alcohol when I was younger, uh, having a kid when I was 16, 17. Right. And also the, the cards that I was dealt in terms of like my upbringing, like I'm not, I couldn't be like any of these people that I admire, right? Whether I'm watching like cool stuff on like Red Bull or um, you're learning about like guides or entrepreneurs, that's, I can't do that because of where I'm at, right? I'm like in a pretty low demographic, I guess, or low financial standing, right? In poverty. And like, then I see, see him and he even talks about like having to drive his mom's minivan when he was younger, not having enough money for school. So that guy who is seems like he's millions of miles away from me is in fact not. And then he even talks about wrestling with like suicide and stuff like that. Right. And I don't wrestle with suicide. I don't even jerk off to procrastinate things at all, (laughs) but (laughs) I I have my own issues. Right. And knowing that it's just a matter of how we navigate those issues. Right. It was so helpful to me. Um, and it helped me realize that I'm just as capable. Right. And so then I can go out there and do them. Right. And seeing someone like yourself, like, you know, you admit to like, some of those struggles that you have, right. And you're continually working on them. And even when you're getting, when you are good at something, you're still working on them. Work never stops is very reassuring in that sense, you know, and certainly it never. And it also causes like my, for lack of a better word, like my inner bitch, like when I'm like trying to, 
push my grade for climbing and I come up with all these doubts, I, there really isn't any doubt like, or there isn't any reason why I can't do something. Right. As long as I build up to it and learn. Hmm. And yeah. You mean your inner excuse maker? Yes. I like that. My inner excuse maker. Yeah. To make a more appropriate (laughs) term. More family, family appropriate. I'm going to use that when I take kids out. (laughs) Our inner excuse maker. I know you could probably shorten, figure out a way to shorten it. Um, (laughs) Inner excuse. The IEM. Nah. IBM. It's the, cause that is the human condition is Mm -hmm. that we, it's, we need a, we need to, be our brains need to feel success and learn from failures in mm-hmm. a way that we totally for, try to forget about the fail. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but unfortunately, that's not what it does. You you remember your failures mm-hmm. often quite well, <laughs> but it has to create a success script around it. Yeah, right. And so the um, I minored in psychology, so oh, this should not be this this. No one should listen <laughs> to me in my. Uh, You're a professor. I didn't um, know this. No, I'm no, no. Kidding. I was gonna say yeah. The, no one should listen to my, I'm just saying these things. I'm sure there's scientific basis behind them. However, anyway, um, as a side note, but that we, we have to create a successful script mm-hmm. around everything that we do in order for the brain to feel fulfilled essentially. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it is that you make excuses so that you don't then set your, so that you're essentially you're like, Oh yeah, today. I mean, you know, today I'm just feeling, uh, I, 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 I do it so much. Uh, it's, it's really frustrating. Like, man, I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. My fingers are still really hurting from the other day. No, it's not. No. Or, or if it is not in any way that's meaningful mm-hmm. and it's not going to affect the outcome of the day. Yeah. And I just find myself setting that script up and, and I'm like, well, there's no need for that. And I know I'm doing it. And I think people around me probably know I'm doing it. If they don't, then, then great they do now yeah but um yeah that's it yeah that's that's it that's the human condition you you set up something so that maybe it's because you don't don't want to fail mm-hmm. so if you just go ahead and you know make up an excuse reason why you can't do it well now something now it's external it's mm-hmm. not internal it's not it's not you it's something else yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. and and then I've had an experience when I was um, following on a multi-pitch trad and like, I think I'm like two pitches, two or four up, right? So halfway up. And I'm I'm with uh, my friend at, at the Blaze station, right? And he's about to send the pitch. And I'm like, I'm just not having to get like the, mentally, I'm just like super nervous and I just want to go down. I'm like tired. It's been a long day already. And like, like I like a little background. Like I like to take cold showers and like cold baths and stuff like that in the winter time. I, unless I'm climbing in the mountains and stuff, of course, for, for safety. Um, I don't, I wear shorts and a t-shirt right outside snow, rain, any of that stuff. And I like Wim Hof. He's like, like the ice man. He, he does uh, really cool videos on breathing and, and cold exposure. Huh. And so like, That's I, awesome. I, I like the cold. It's great. I used to hate it, but I live here. So I got to deal with it, but I'm up there and I'm like, I'm really cold. I, I, we need to go back. And he's, he's a good friend of mine. He's like, here's my jacket. I'm like, Oh, thanks. I put it on. I'm like, I'm still really cold. I need to go back. He's like, you'll be fine. My arm hurts. I can't go. And I just come up with all, it was the, like the lowest of lows. And I just come up with all these excuses. I also but, probably would have been that way though. Yeah, really? Yeah, I see. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm really, this just isn't fun. Yeah. Like, uh, someone help me out of this. Please. I'm not even about to have fun. It's about to get harder. Yeah. 
I'm just going to get colder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it sounds legitimate, but yeah, either way. Third pitch, uh, or no, the uh, fourth pitch is probably one of my favorite pitches of that season. Yeah. It was It was like, wait, why? It completely flipped as I started climbing. And I'm like, oh, I, I really appreciate that because the way that he handled it, um, it was nice because like I take him out with the kids frequently mm. and he's really patient. So when, when I'm in there, he's not like, he wasn't too pushy, but at the same time he was, you know, very supportive. Sure. And yeah. It, it, yeah. Positivity on, on the, in a, in a big mountain environment or mm-hmm. just uh, again, speaking to rock anyway, like mm-hmm. in a big rock environment, if things are getting hard, it's really important to have one person at least who I think cracks a, a, a real good joke every once in a while yeah. to, because you have to, you, you, it's okay to, for things to suck, mm-hmm. but also for it, it's, I think there should be a tech tip about making a good joke in the mountains when yeah. everything sucks, because <laughs> I do think that that is legitimately a positive mental attitude mm-hmm. is actually a risk management tool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, Cause totally. it, you, morale is so important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you think everything sucks and you don't want to be there, mm-hmm. p- probably what you're doing is thinking about that, well, for you, the cold shower, yeah, <laughs> the hot shower, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, or, and the, uh, and, and, and just the bed and, and all, it. but, oh, yeah. but really you're 1500 feet on this route with another couple pitches to go. Weather's moving in, mm-hmm. it's cold and you have to descend the entire route that you just came up because walking off isn't an option mm-hmm. or if it is, you don't know it's an option or yeah. something. And all of a sudden, if you're really negative, not thinking, I mean, that's a really sketchy position to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Positive mental attitude. It's, yeah. And that's for some <laughs> reason, there's a part of me that loves that, like that, that's a scenario in the sense that I have to be positive here or else it can, you know, cause irreparable either harm or it's a bad scenario. Right. And that's something that's fascinating to me. It was just like this, like high level problem solving with dire physical consequences. Right. If you don't follow like technique and or if you don't properly do all of the safety things, right. Like I'm sure. not interested in free soloing or anything like that, but sure. I, I love having, having the knowledge to keep myself safe and then solving these problems. Um, what is your relationship with the level of risk? Like, does that draw you into climbing? Cause I noticed that you like boating and that has some inherent level of risk and then climbing as well. Um, does that ever come like play a factor in it? Or do you, do you just deal with that? Like you climb and you're like, you know, all of these doubts and you're just going to try to push it past and climb for that feeling that you love. Like, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think it's, so. And for risk is, it's funny because it's always a sliding scale mm-hmm. and particularly for the types of climbing I like to do of going out and pushing out into big objectives. Mm-hmm. R- risk is on this invariably sliding scale and even going cracking, you can make it a sliding scale as well, but it, you have to, mold around the risk environment that you're currently experiencing in that moment. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was what was always attractive. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's interesting that for me, the, 
what I, when I seek out a risk, it's because I want to master that risk. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. probably will never, ever get any, every single time I do something, there's always a way I could have done it better. So mm-hmm. it will never be perfect. But that's the whole point is that fun. Oh, I could, uh, yeah. And so, and, and the best part is it's always changing, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that's what's so cool is that even if I go, even in, even in single pitch terrain, you could go to the arrive at the same pitch, go to the same anchor that you've gone to a bunch of times for your warm up climb or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is every time you say, "I oh, wonder if I did this. Is that principally sound?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and so to me, that's my relationship with with risk is I, I'm addicted to managing it. Mm-hmm. I, and, I am too. Oh, right. how so? Well, just because. I was trying to figure it out because I've had s- several instances when I started where I would climb and like it would suck. Like okay. climbing would be fun and I'd go up there and I would be utterly, you know, terrified. Sure. Um, and that one was just top roping, right? I'd be like terrified top roping. And then what I wanted to do was learn how to be able to manage my own self to make the perceived risk smaller because there really there isn't any there's very little risk for in top roping in, in that scenario right because sure. I'm, I'm like hanging there I'm from not an gonna, objective standpoint yeah. exactly i'm not yeah. going to fall on deck um there, there's things that could happen but it's rather minimal sure sure and then from there it was like through like sport leading in sport and stuff like that it was like having these feelings and learning how to manage the risk to make those feelings go away Right. And, or not even to make them go away, but just to make them more, to make them more manageable. And, and like that's doing it in that capacity felt like the only way that I can do it sometimes. Cause within my own life, it seems impossible right? or, or not impossible, but very difficult and, and overwhelming. Right. Right. We say, so it was like getting, managing like the, the inner dialogue and the self-talk and, and everything mm-hmm. becomes, yeah, because it's all a process. That's what's so cool yeah. about it that it's all a process and you can take that process and get just get addicted to the process of figuring it out. Cause the answer is that you never will. It'll never, mm-hmm. it'll never be perfect. Yeah. Maybe That's you can get the mastery if you do the same route over and over and over again, mm-hmm. whatever, but you'll probably get bored before that happens. And then, so yeah. How do you That's do my, that? It's, was my like theory if, cause Right. I'm like trying to project my, my life onto everyone. Right. With the whole, like, <laughs> you shouldn't work, go find what you love. Right. Um, and at one point when I was going through that, that period in my life, it, it was my theory that well, not even my theory, things that I've read, like we'd love to learn. Right. And you have this like innate desire to learn in, in this innate curiosity. Right. And that manifests in its own way. And some people, they don't, they don't uh, spend time with it and it can kind of like dwindle. Right. Sure. And I want something that's never ending. If it's never ending, I'm, I'm all the more excited. Cause I play video games and like, um, I'd play a game like Skyrim, right? I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's like oh, an no. RPG. And so a role playing game, you get this big old immersive world, mountains, cities, talk to people. They have actual books that they wrote huh. in the game that you can read of like the lore. And, I would do that and get immersed. I want something big so I don't see through the veil that it's like this really simple, shallow experience of dialogue, right? Sure. And like you get to go in all these multi-level dungeons and stuff, but then after a while, one dungeon looks like the other dungeon. And then one quest feels like the other quest. They have these things called fetch quests, which is like, mm-hmm. help, help, I need um, 10 blueberries or help, help, I need a scroll. And then after a while, it's like, okay, I'm just fetching things the whole time, right? <laughs> right. And like it starts to to become 
not redundant, but just repetitive and nothing sure. changes and you don't really grow and learn more about yourself or feel any more sensations. Like it doesn't get more exciting. Right. Um, and with like climbing in this sense that it's like never ending, right? I don't want, I don't even want mastery. I want to be in the process. I want to live the process of like climbing, being with my son or like drawing even, and just, just be there with no, no clear end in sight. Right. And mm -hmm. no clear beginning in sight, just climbing without having to think about, Oh, those are, that's the crux move. Just, just right. Yeah. There. I mean, it's like an astronaut trying, you know, or the first time humans looked at the moon and said, we could go there. And then finally the people got like, the astronauts get there. And now they look around like, wow, there's like way more. That's kind of like climbing. You know, like you yeah. get to the top of your first route or something, or maybe you tie in for the first time, whatever your like quote unquote top is for the mm -hmm. first time. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this doesn't end here. It just like, there's more stuff up there mm -hmm. or there's more stuff over there. Oh, there's more, oh, there's more stuff in the next state in the next, in the next country over the ocean. And like in the I mean, there's ice climbing, there's rock mm -hmm. climbing. Yeah, there, there is no end. There, no. I mean, even on one pitch of rock climbing, you're like, okay, I did that crux this time, this way. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, it's, it's unreal. Like, oh, I was focusing on this technique last time. I want to focus on this this time. And yeah, that's, it just never ends. No. And it, and it seems like it's a, a very, or it could be a generalized experience across all different disciplines. Right. Yeah. To, to where like, like if you were to pull back and look at the, the psychological process in the physiological process, like what's, what's going on there. It, it's something that I, I even feel like, like I said before, running in jujitsu and rock climbing is it's different things in different extremes. Right. But sure. Same overall. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're, you might not be the best, like, best climber for the, for the grade. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're very good at like having the technical aspects of, um, like rope management and, and the likes. Uh, how did you come to realize that? And what is also as a follow-up question to that, what does success look like for you as a rock climber? Hmm. The, so for when I coming, I, I don't know if it was a realization I just kind of, I mean, so for me, climbing hard was an expectation in one way in that there was an expectation from just my certification. So I wanted to become a certified rock guide. So I went through all the levels of the courses leading up to it. And in each one, it required a minimum standard of being able to climb. So finally, to get your rock guide, it's a minimum of being able to show up on site a grade four, five, 10 plus traditional standard and an on-site 511 sport, uh, sport climbing in like single pitch terrain. And I knew that was the standard going up to it. And so that's what I make sure to maintain uh, my abilities at, because if mm -hmm. I'm going to market myself, then the, I mean, ideally ethically, I'm, I'm keeping myself at that standard mm -hmm. because that's the standard expected of me. And so beyond that, everything else is just great. That's just higher risk management standards for me because the, your movement is I mean, as what most people don't consider and myself included, of course, uh, is that your movement is your primary security. Mm -hmm. Everything else is a backup at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Honnold doesn't need a backup because he is so good 
mm-hmm. at what he's doing. Um, yeah, Brett Harrington, she is so good at what she is doing. She can go to Patagonia and solo some insane mm-hmm. Patagonian formation solo, yeah, free the, free solo. The right? risk is like, relative at that point. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's the risk. So mm-hmm. knowing that, that actually it is kind of cool. And so you can pursue that. But I think really for me is just I don't have an innate desire to the ne- to go out and climb hard. The next goal for me isn't the isn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be able to show up at Namaste on the Namaste wall in, in Zion and be able to onsite the 12A, the classic 12A there that everyone does, which is, I believe that is Namaste because um, it looks so pretty mm-hmm. in pictures. That's all I've seen it in. And I would, I, I, I want to be able to do it. I think I can do that. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, and, but I, I'm not driven by going out and trying to get to that point. I don't go out and train thinking I'm going to train for that day because it does start to feel like I'm forcing myself to work. And I think the draw for me in anything is that I just need all the options open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so for me, I, I, I know that just because of my physical abilities, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be anyone who is sponsored or um, known because of their great climbing abilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there are people who are not known who climb so, so many people who climb so well and, and not just climb hard, but are diverse and climb really well and are amazing mountain athletes in general. Mm-hmm. And they are just not known at all. Mm-hmm. I've met so many people like that over the years. And, um, and, and, and so I, I just, I can't be that is not who I am. And, what I, but what I do think is that I do have a, a good mind for thinking about things that we do in the mountains. I want to look at Honold and Caldwell setting the no speed record and be like, hey, I saw what y'all did at the top of this pitch. If you just do this little thing, mm-hmm. it'll increase your security and make you go just a little bit faster. Uh, yeah. and, and so I love breaking that stuff apart. And I think that's where my brain really works well. Yeah, and it's just beautiful. where it, that's, that's how I think about things. Mm-hmm. I'm also a lot more of a, of, of a person who just loves going out and spending big days out in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I love, I mean, hopefully one of those pitches is a beautiful, like five eleven finger crack corner pitch, you know, mm-hmm. that has amazing, position sure that's great but i that it's not a prerequisite for me Mm -hmm. i want to move through terrain well Mm -hmm. and and see terrain and 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 so i think that that's what what i do best Mm -hmm. is to be able to figure out how to get to that end goal as dispersed as it may be or uh, Mm -hmm. yeah sparse as that may be that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, what was your second question? Uh, a- what, what do you, what is a successful climber to you or what, what is being a successful climber like to you? Right. Uh, yeah. No. For, for me, yeah. As a, mm-hmm. For me, it's being successful means that I have gone out and I, I had an objective. Mm-hmm. I either did that objective or the backup plan or whatever. <laughs> and it, <laughs> our sport is getting more crowded mm-hmm. um, or like mountain conditions don't work out or whatever <laughs> that I climbed the route in a style that was sound that I got to wherever it was. Mm-hmm. I returned and then I 
debriefed that day to myself, mm-hmm. hopefully with another person. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that that's the sign of a, of, of success. Mm-hmm. Is did I have a plan? Did I carry out that plan? And did I manage the risk appropriately given what was given? And did I reflect on that day? Reflecting because important. yeah, because I I just can't and press for me it's easy because i dwell on things and i'm like I, yeah, me too and i could have done that well yeah maybe, and maybe all of us do to an extent but uh, hopefully not too much mm-hmm. but that's to me is a successful day that i've done those things if i've done those things everything else beyond that it, i mean whatever totally cool i i if i fell a thousand times on a pitch or i had to aid through a move or something mm-hmm. yeah i might be a little disappointed with myself or something but that's to me not what the point was is mm-hmm. it's just to go out and so yeah. that, that's like I love listening to you articulate that especially the point where you're like able to go up there with Honol or Caldwell on the nose and be like offering this like technical piece of advice or like that'll keep them that much more safer right for the like, record I don't actually know if I could but exactly. as an example I've, I have been wondering <laughs> anyway and but to be able to do that because when when I start any of any of the disciplines, right, I am naive in the sense, and I sh- a lot of other people, I believe, share this through my conversations of like speculating on uh, climbing or speculating on a variety of mainly sports. So you see it on TV and you talk about it, right? Sure. Um, before getting into them, our conversations would usually be have the understanding that that person's trying to become the best. Like if you're climbing, you're gonna do like what Alex Honnold, not even Alex Honnold doing, just climb the highest grade, right? That that you that you possibly can, and and that's what the pinnacle of of that pursuit is like. And then you go over to like jujitsu, right, where you're doing these martial arts competitions with people um, all around the world, and the pinnacle of that is being the best in your weight class, right? Sure. And then the pinnacle for ultra running is perhaps if you do ultra running, you would do the the big the big races and become you know number one in that right like that's what you work your whole whole life towards or these years that you want to dedicate towards that sport and i realize how naive that is now that i that i'm going along in these things because like and how much that doesn't fit me either because there's so much more to it and it's not like you're not you're not someone who gave up on the pursuit of the sport if your objective isn't to become number one, right? You're not going to be that person who's like kind of barely climbed their whole life and like never actually pursued it, right? It's not so black and white. What it ultimately is, is like some people are more competitive or they have certain desires that within the, the framework of climbing or the framework of this discipline, they pursue it as such. Like that's what would define the difference between a teacher, right? Or a guide or someone who creates entertainment in the field or someone who is like pushing the highest possible grade. And, and all those things are like not even successful, but are very fulfilling and very valid and very beautiful for what they are. Cause like for me, I have that friend who who's training in jujitsu and he's, that's all that he does is jujitsu. And that's very important to him. Mm-hmm. And I love jujitsu too, but he's like surpassed me technically. 
Sure. Right. And like he competes and he's competing at um, larger and larger levels. All his momentum is building behind him. I compete too, but it's very evident the difference there. Mm-hmm. And like I spend a lot of time on strength and conditioning and um, working on mobility, right? For climbing and running and jujitsu. And it shows in my jujitsu. And people, I'll have conversations based around like how to have uh, like wellness and how to recover from injuries in right. terms of jujitsu, but in terms of competition, they'll go to him. Mm. And at one point I would be like, Oh, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not being a good jujitsu player. I, I need to fix something so that I can be competitive. But ultimately I realized that that is not like my honest desire. Like I have that ego and pride, what you're mentioning before, right. With the, with your accident, sure. pride is like speaking loudly but in my heart of hearts, I know that I really don't have any interest in like besting another person. And even with like climbing, um, if you were to ask me if I wanted to do some like really beautiful, um, like multi-pitch Alpine, right. And it, it let's say it's like a low, a low grade. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's an easy, it could be like a warm up, Right. Yeah. Um, or I can go and do like sport and it's like highly technical right on the edge of my grade. I'd much rather do the trad. Like yeah. I, I know that for for a fact. Some days I might want to go and really push it, but I'm way more interested in doing these like beautiful aesthetic experiences. You know, right? And I've had to come to terms with that because I'm like, am I a loser or am I like, am I not willing to to work hard? But I do work hard in my own context for my own reasons. Right. Because we're all, and, and in climbing specific, although I think the climbing communities are really good at, about this actually comparatively anyway, mm-hmm. because we can always do way better. And I think we should, but we always compare ourselves, right? It's, it's just that yeah. again, that's another part of the human condition is mm-hmm. being able to have a reference framework to work with. And usually in a, in a activity climbing, rock climbing being an activity, mm-hmm who are the immediately if you said rock climbing to anyone including climbers you generally you, you if, if if it's a person that comes into your head it's mm-hmm. probably someone from media mm-hmm. right yeah and it's an extremely unfair yeah it's it, it's totally unfair to ourselves mm-hmm. because 99.9 percent of us won't do those things and not because we couldn't but just because like all the factors didn't line up to us there and, and probably won't and so the 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 comparison is just so it is so lopsided mm-hmm. that i mean climbers you just you think i mean even even if it wasn't all dudes and stuff mm-hmm. there it's still just all like a bunch of white people out like yeah. climbing right <laughs> and so what does that say then to um you know, someone who is black living in, um, you know, New York city of like, whoa, like, like, sure. Like you absolutely can point out examples, but again, it's just, who do you have to look up to? Not just in physical capability, but in other ways too. And, and again, climbing actually, I think addresses these things a lot Mm -hmm. faster than other industries do. Not always, but I think I think in, in a lot of ways, um, especially with a lot of the folks that I interact with on Instagram. But I think that that's the easy thing to do is to compare. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that, a lot of times that's what we have. And then so the whole culture then starts to revolve around 
the grade mm. that people are climbing at. Like climbing, I, I probably said it a bunch on this. But like, oh, climb hard. I climb hard. I don't climb hard. That because I mean I, that doesn't even mean anything. And especially coming mm-hmm. from me as a very objective person, I want to be objective anyway. Mm-hmm. I want to. I don't want to abbreviate anything. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want to say exactly the whole word, no matter how many syllables it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that's then very funny that I say something so. Uh, 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 so blah mm-hmm. as 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 oh climbing hard mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's anything truncated pretty because much. was it was it overhanging a jug hall mm-hmm. was it uh what was its grade was it a grade here was it a european grade was it this uh <laughs> did it have cramps was it ice climbing was it rock climbing it, it, i mean it doesn't because it depends it all depends which then again brings me back to uh all of it, the, specifically the, my tech tips and everything, it all depends. Mm-hmm. It just depends. There just isn't, there can't be an answer for everything. And just like uh, what we were just saying is that there can't be one example that we all look up to and say, this is a climber. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's just, it's not, that's a, not one person is the climber, you know? Mm-hmm. And so going back to comparing ourselves, when you, it, that's hard to do sometimes, mm-hmm. and so it become but uh, becomes easy to, to just develop a culture around those few people, mm-hmm. and that's now what we're talking about. That's how we frame the conversation. But really, it's going out into the mountains and having an experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, uh, look now, I'm now I just put up made a rule. Um, that's, but but I think what I mean is, is that it's just all of it. It's all. It's everything. It's all encompassing. And and what you do with it, and what anyone else does with it. That is just completely up to them, but there is no end goal. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't. It's whatever you want the goal to be, mm-hmm. and those individuals who are famous too, often they are pretty humble about it and just say, like, "I don't know. I'm not very good at this or yeah. this or this. I just happen to be good at this one thing." Mm-hmm. It's, like, oh, it's an accident in some fashion. But we don't hear that part either because people aren't good at quoting those things. Yeah, yeah. Hear, precisely. Tell me how how afraid were you? <laughs> So when I mentioned that, like that dark side of that entrepreneur that I looked up to, sure. none of that was ever revealed in um, in regular media. Right. It was, I listened to it all podcasts because um, well the podcast long form, so he'll have podcasts that are hour two hour long. Yeah. And with that, and also the blog is the same thing where it's super long form instead of having these small little bites where you're like, here's the highlight reel of my life because that's sure. like as. It, as a kid before all of the, like this kind of media, um, like on demand media that can be user generated, um, content, mm. um, all I would hear were highlight reels. So I'd hear like, you'd see Alex Honnold. I mean, the movie did like, did pretty good at like, you know, showing life. Right. Um, but if I were to just watch the news and never watch the movie, I wouldn't have known, like, you know, there's some things you have to contend with. I would have been like, oh, that's a really strange human who I can never be like. But he's just really good at this little thing. Yeah, yeah you're probably like them in, like, 85, 90 percent of the ways. Yeah, yeah. It's but just maybe, like, you probably look a little different. You you, you don't solo uh, 13A. And yeah. You, you know, don't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But mostly everything else. Hey, you wake up in your van and eat muesli or whatever. Like, or, you, or you wake up in your apartment floor or whatever you do, whatever you did as you do it's like i mean all those other things yeah you're probably a climber at heart yeah, <laughs> yeah really exactly. matter yeah and again that's why the climbing community is so wonderful because it, it is i mean it's a yeah we get a lot of stuff wrong mm-hmm. i say we i mean well, i can speak for myself again but I, I do think yeah it's like the climbing community gets a lot of things wrong at least from the perspective of like climbing media and everything else and how mm-hmm. 
a lot of the top climbers will portray our culture, but a lot of stuff I think is done well too. And, yeah. I, and I think uniquely like climbers tend to be like Chris Caloose says this all the time on the Enorma cast, but like climbers tend to just be a cut above. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Climbing is popular now. So all of a sudden, you know, sure. There's a lot of negativity go on the internet, but man, yeah. At the crag, I just don't see all that negativity as much. No, yeah, it happens. It's just like on my Instagram account. I, I really don't get trolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like most pot, mostly positive. Yeah. It's easy to like focus on like the bad stuff and say, yeah. oh, I saw this person do this and they, they wouldn't, you know, they, they were kind of being a jerk and playing music or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying playing music, the crag's bad. Um, but, but that's, it's just, it, it really isn't Mm. happening that much. Yeah. It's like less than 10% or about, yeah, even less than that. I mean, it's just, it's such, it's, it doesn't happen really because no one wants to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. And generally if someone's being that person, they're probably pretty receptive. Someone was Mm -hmm. shooting up the other day at the crag and over in Mazama, someone was shooting a slingshot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, can, can y'all just, like, hold off on that while, while we're here? Because they were hitting cans, and it sounded like a firecracker oh, going yeah, off. And it was geez. just kind of like, very distracting. you know, and some rock fall had happened earlier that day over on the goat wall. And, and I was kind of like, oh, uh, hey, just kind of on edge. It was just yeah. making me more anxious. And it was supposed to be kind of a chill, mellow, cragging mm-hmm. afternoon. And they were totally excited. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sorry about that. Great. And that yeah. was all it was. Mm-hmm. But oh. what I could have done is just go home and complain about that person and said, mm-hmm. and they just wouldn't even stop. I'm like, well, it's because I didn't ask them. Yeah. <laughs> but now most, yeah. And and so, but anyway, again, looking up to people, comparing ourselves to people, it's both a positive and a negative in that, yeah, if you look at all their accomplishments, sure, it's really hard to compare yourself to that. And if you look at them as just a person, mm-hmm. yeah, we can probably all look to each other as mentors and and whatnot and that's more realistic probably <laughs> yeah I, I completely agree yeah. and you know it's like 10 to the garden that's the closest right oh yeah and um so you have you guided children before in uh rock climbing scenarios yeah yeah quite a bit i mean quite a bit in that it's definitely a small portion of uh the work i do mm-hmm. i don't do a lot of instructional work anymore um, is that by choice but, or just, um, uh, kind of, kind of just by circumstance. By circumstance. Um, yeah. I mean the, uh, in, in Las Vegas, there's only so many rock guides. Mm-hmm. And so we often get the individuals who want to go do bigger days. And so that, uh, single pitch instructors, which I also have my single pitch instructor certification, mm-hmm. uh, is the first one I got, but often they're the ones that are getting a lot of those individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, a, a lot harder anyway, as a side note. Um, I think I think single pitch instruction is open-ended and challenging to work in, mm-hmm. but I do. Yeah. So the, so, um, and I, I real I, I, I enjoy like, I, I enjoy working with kids who everyone else would say like, I think they're too young to go climbing. Like, oh yeah. No, I think that's great. Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because in my youth I've had a propensity to like, I can do whatever the adults are doing. And then now as an adult, I will take, you know, my son and I'll introduce him to things that are, people are just like, like we did a, uh, a hike out to park Butte, which is a really pretty uh, lookout that overlooks, um, the glacier uh i think it's easton glacier on um mount baker 
Nice. I think so. And um, to get up there, I think it's like seven miles round trip, right? And there's like... Yeah, it's not, that's not an insignificant amount no, for a kid. No, there's like yeah. 2,000 or 3,000 feet elevation, maybe 2,000 feet, somewhere right around there. And we're just going there to pick huckleberries, though. Mm. And we're picking huckleberries. He's in sandals. He's three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. I and mean, when he's... Um, picking huckleberries and we move up the trail a little bit and we we're talking about it because i did some research on it and i told him there's a fire lookout up there and he's like what I'm like yeah it's pretty far away though so what we can do is we'll just pick huckleberries up the trail and if you're feeling up to it you know we just keep going makes it all the way to the top without complaining and walks himself since sandals is completely fine having the time of his life and then he's like running back down and it was great and like since then we would do you know like 10 mile backpacking trips and stuff like that. And, um, I wouldn't push him like, uh, you are going to be this idealized version of what I want kind of thing. It's like, what do you want to do? And I'd let him kind of lead a little bit and I'd provide safety, um, and security with that. Right. So like, yeah. as long as he's not going to die or anything like that. And we've done like, you know, he's done like a lot of scrambling and stuff like that. And I'll like spot him as if he's bouldering and yeah, like learning to take risk essentially. Exactly. And yeah. that's where like, and I've been probably the biggest thing that, that I've done is encouraged like taking very measured risks as much yeah. as a kid can measure risks. Right. And like what, what I found though is, is, and I'm interested in your experience and having this in the professionalized senses as it brought these kids out to do this. Cause when he has friends, it's kind of boring when a kid's sitting there and we're having a conversation and he wants to get in and like, it's better to have, you know, a dynamic, um, age range in the group. Right. Sure. And when I bring those kids in, you know, perhaps they'll bicker and, um, convince like a playground setting or at the house, you know, when they're just playing like video games, stuff like that. Right. And like bicker, argue, and probably m maybe even like get into a fight. Right. Um, sound like adults actually. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and then I bring them out in that scenario and it's like, whether it's, uh, climbing or just uh, hopping on rocks or backpacking and like we're, basically I'm exposing them to risk and I'm helping them, um, navigate that risk and help each other through it. And like, the funniest thing is, is, um, every kid that I've taken rock climbing, I've, I'd asked them just to kind of get a, a judge is like, are you afraid of heights? Nah, I'm not. Then we go <laughs> and they're like, like 10 feet up and they're like, I want to get down. And we spend most of the day trying to get to the top of the pitch. And it's like, it's wonderful. And they're all encouraging, uh, regardless of the competitiveness or the drama that's between them. And like, it's been really helpful for my son for character development. Uh, what's your experience like in taking kids out is, do you see similar things? Is that even, was that like a topic or was it just merely as kids interested in rock climbing? Can you it, it, it well it was funny because while you were describing that I was like wow you could have like inserted and my friend did this and we spent the whole day trying to get to the top of the pitch because honestly it, I there's so many similarities between kids and adults going mm -hmm. climbing because climbing is just this great way to uh, 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 filter everything down to this singularity yeah exactly um, but uh, I, it it definitely it it, it was a it, it's a topic that doesn't really get. Uh, discussed a lot in formal training it's definitely being done a lot more because mm -hmm. now that climbing is getting more popular more parents want their kids doing cool stuff mm -hmm. and they're younger and younger and younger and um i think that what i've noticed and um a lot of the folks that you know i'm friends with who work with kids a lot more obviously they they could um th they could point this out point out more things than this but 
um, I, I noticed that their propensity for risk is just it's not formed and mm-hmm. so there's way more willingness there's no uncertainty mm-hmm. this, this would be the difference between the kids and the adults that there's no uncertainty they are going to go climbing they're going to tie and they're going to start climbing mm-hmm. and then w- what eventually happens is that they start to go up and then at some point not with all of them but with mm-hmm. with a lot whether it comes out as just outright fear or just kind of <laughs> you can see the uncertainty starting to happen mm-hmm. it's like oh wow I'm actually really high off the ground Oh, I actually don't know how, I don't know how this whole rope thing works. And, and, and so, and again, this, this is where the similarities between kids and adults actually, so what I actually come into play because I, the same thing. So first of all, where the top of the route is and where my instructor and guide brain goes is, okay, well the top of the route is 80 feet up there or 50 feet up there or whatever, but I'm going to bring it down to like, 20 feet up mm. there so yeah that's the top but i'm gonna make a new one here excuse me yeah, yeah you're good because i know that that i know that's probably gonna happen you can and you can see it in the uh with with, with children it's a lot a little bit more difficult because mm-hmm. they're it just balls of energy and everything <laughs> moving around or even if they're not even if they're quiet it's just not a lot of emotion being shown about i'm not really paying as much attention to how they're walking for example because mm-hmm. well they're kids they don't really know how their feet are attached to their legs yet so yeah. you can't really gain a lot of information from that um with adults you can mm-hmm. so you watch adult get out of the car and you're kind of looking how they carry themselves uh, as they stand up, as they move, mm-hmm. like watch them walk over rocks and stuff, just see how they deal with that and how oh, good they look. And, and and kids, it's harder because you arrive <laughs> and like, sure, they, they could look awkward as, as all be, but then they start climbing and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So some strategies that I've oh. used is, but, well, there's technical strategies for if they're like too small, for example, to mm-hmm. be lowered <laughs> yeah. because they just don't weigh enough. Um, <laughs> but a lot of strategies are, yeah, like that I would you do for the same for adults, like lowering the master point, bring bring like the top of the climb to them, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, climb with them. Mm-hmm. That's the nice thing about using assisted braking devices is that you can, because you know that there's this inherent backup in the system mm-hmm. so to speak you can then move around and climb with them uh climb mm-hmm. low angle things mm-hmm. again this is like a, things that i do with adults too mm-hmm. or brand brand new people or people who are nervous you know so bring them out bring bring the climb down to them uh climb with them and and talk to them Con- uh, constantly mm-hmm. be there don't become the belayer that starts to talk to everyone at the base mm-hmm. uh show them attention that you care and don't talk about the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah. Don't even talk about the top. And before they start climbing, too, another thing is before people start going up, again, adults and children, but children specifically, it's like, tell them, like, take a step up and then just sit back in the rope. Like, mm. play on the rope. Mm-hmm. Tell them to jump around in the rope. Tell them to, like, stand up and then fall. Stand up and then fall and do that until you just see the the switch click, if it does. Mm-hmm. And tell them, okay, take a couple steps up. Okay, now do it again. And then, okay, great. They're having all the success. Before you know it, you've lifted the climb higher mm-hmm. uh, for them, and they're going up and not even worrying about it because... Uh, yeah, it, it's like anything. What what are people afraid of? Well, they're afraid of this risk that they're unaware of mm-hmm. and failure. But failure can look like fear because the the fear isn't of the heights; it's mm-hmm. of falling and failing 
from the heights. Say, okay, well, teach them th- how the system works, <laughs> how to use their body in some mm-hmm. way. Kids, I don't really do that quite as much. I yeah. usually just like let them go for it. That's like, how we do it. You don't even know like that you have feet yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, let them go out and then just teach them to fail with grace. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, if you feel yourself falling, just let go, <laughs> and then from there. Uh, they can just kind of have at it because, and there's other things as well, but yeah, the dialogue with failure is beautiful though. Cause like I, like I said, I work with the, um, emotionally behaviorally, like, um, I don't know, disabled kids. Um, and that's the biggest thing is like, like the kid that I'd work with it. Anytime I try to get them to do math or English, it's like, here's a math page. Um, when you're ready to do it, let me know. And I'll gladly, I'll read it for you. Right. He's like, and he's in fourth grade. He can't really read. Um, and I'm like, I'll read it for you. I'll do whatever I can to help you, um, through this. And like, whenever it's, I have to tell him that I have to like correct him and try to show him how how to do it he get really angry and that would materialize as like as an outburst of rage and like trying to fight me <laughs> and like he gave me two black guys once but wow. yeah that was my fault though for not paying attention as much but um <laughs> a lot of that had to do with shame so he was that stuff would happen like getting physical and trying to fight me and i'd have to like duck and put him in like holds so he couldn't try to hurt like bite or anything like that hmm. um three times a day uh, every or yeah, three times a day, every day for four months, and wow. about four months in, it's like, all right, we're not gonna do work anymore because obviously this works like causing you to to have these reactions, right, of like insecurity, embarrassment, shame, and then um, and fear that's manifesting as anger and targeted towards me, and so like. I don't work for the school district, so it's like, okay, you don't have to do work. You know, it's fine. You're not going to get grades, obviously, but it's okay. Um, And what I taught him was we go out on the playground. It's like, well, what do you like to do? Right? Because learning's the same. I mean, regardless of what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to try something you've never done, go into the unknown, and then you have to be able to um, analyze your failure and then try again and repeat those steps. And, like, kid's not very good at, like, about failing so it's like okay we'll lower the bar we'll do simple yet challenging right knowing that it's important to storm so to mm-hmm. speak that fight essentially what that yeah. means and and to come out on the other side because you have to know how that people are going to get unhappy people are going to storm and then afterwards because now you've gone through that and you've mm-hmm. gotten that tool gathered a tool for how to get through that and understand that people will do it okay great now we can actually perform as a group oh that's which so is cool. like kind of like that self-actualization from the individual perspective and as performing from the group perspective but you can only get there if all of these if you've given them the right tools then they've had a little bit of time to go out and practice all of those things under the guidance mm-hmm. and then finally at the instructor's discretion at, at the instructor's discretions they can then go off on their final expedition and that can look a number of different ways, but they then get to go out and have that, have all those experiences independent of, of the instructor's interactions. Wow. And they don't always, they don't always get it right. Yeah. And, and, but that's also important, but that's what is so cool about uh, working with children of any stripe is that, um, of any background is just that there, there is this process that they all go through and it's kind of cool that, you basically have to tell them like, Hey, yeah, you're you, like, how, how do you get someone? Because you can't really always say it, mm-hmm. but you're going to fail. Yeah. 
you might fail badly, but you're also going to fail again. You might fail again, or maybe you won't. And you might not succeed, but you probably will. Yeah. You can't conceptualize that to a child. And so that's why, like, I, again, I couldn't handle this as an outward-bound instructor. I just, it got to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even instruct out in the field. I became just a climber for them after mm-hmm. uh, five years or six or however many it was. Um, because climbing is so black and white. Yeah. It's I mean, kind of, obviously, there's, it, it, uh, but yeah, you, you can, you're establishing, uh, it's, it, you, you, the, the framework is painted for you. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, working yeah. within it. Mm-hmm. Whereas out on these hour bound courses, it's like, you have to create the world that they're in. And that's, oh, that, wow, was just, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot for me that to handle. That does seem like a lot. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. Which is fine. My, my, my partner is actually out on one right now with the Northwest hour bound here in oh, Washington. Really? So yeah. Oh, I, that's like, drove, I probably drove by right where they were today. If I honked. <laughs> they might've been able to hear me. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh, so crazy. yeah, that's work, working with uh, kids. That's yeah. yeah. It's, it's a big, big subject. Yeah, it is. That That's really cool though, that you're able to discern like, Oh, uh, okay. This is not necessarily like this scenario is not what I want. Sure. And, but this is, and, and making that move. Cause I think those transitions are so important to be able to lead a fulfilling life. Right. Cause like, yeah, it's a successful, I think the mark of a successful person, right. Or mm-hmm. a fulfilled person better yet yeah. is someone who can intuitively listen to themselves and respond as such, as opposed to just falling to trappings. This is what I'm supposed to do kind of thing. And that's, uh, goes back to climbing culture again and media mm-hmm. in, in that, the big problem that we suffer from often and really all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We, it's so easy for us to say, well, the top of the climb is the, is the goal, mm-hmm. uh, right? Or if you're looking in just the regular world, well, obviously getting a real career and doing is obviously that's the goal, but mm-hmm. like, because what we see in our media and, and again, just I'll speak to climbing of uh, what I know is that we see Sausage Julian being the first woman to climb 15A, but we don't mm-hmm. see every single time she failed before that. Mm-hmm. We didn't see, I mean, although with Tommy Caldwell and Don Wallard, that that movie did it pretty good justice. But yeah. even then, still, you just, I mean, really imagine showing up to the same route for five years in a row from like, you know, someone like Chris Sharma's perspective, for example, for five years working the exact same route, falling off the same move or at least the same few moves for five years or, or however long, even, I mean, even a year, mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah, a year. all the time. Like, but like for, I, really, you can't think about it. I can't, I can't no, even I can't. picture it. I, I don't know. I mean, it's I like can't like trying even to imagine size and space. Yeah. It's like, I haven't, I can't, I haven't, I don't even eat the same breakfast food for like more than five days like i (laughs) i don't i yeah i just don't um and so we are pretty bad at that Mm -hmm. what our version of success is we always see the end product Mm -hmm. but all of the failure that comes i mean like most things are are going to be failures Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it it just is now our failures can be eloquent, mm-hmm. yeah. which is like, yeah, kind of, you know, you teach a kid to fall eloquently mm-hmm. or fail eloquently is how I like to put it. Cause yeah, you're falling and yeah, totally that's failing. And I kind of try to use that terminology, mm-hmm. like fail eloquently, fail with grace. <laughs> um, don't claw your way because it, like, you know how the system is going to behave when you wait it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and, and actually fall. I want to hear the, the breath and, you know, the whole process oh. of falling and, 
and and make it look good make your fail <laughs> look good you know so <laughs> Um, I think that is the part that's really important. I know that you're going to fail and fail a lot if you want to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and make it look good like if when you fail. And obviously that's a <laughs> what does mm-hmm. that mean? Well, it literally I mean just make it look if it's falling for example, mm-hmm. well, make yeah. don't don't uh you know suffer uh through it expecting that, you know, I keep falling off, I keep falling off. Well, <laughs> Yeah, totally. So go up, try something new. If you fall off, great. Mm. If you make it, great. But as soon as you put an expectation on it, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, like, fall until it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> That's, oh, I, I like that. And <laughs> yeah. because it, it, you even got me in the mindset too, where it's like, I, I sometimes get in the thing where it's like, all right, I need to keep increasing my grade. I need to keep increasing my grade. Totally. But no, it, I, I'd rather like, I'd rather learn to enjoy the experience of just of the that one climb that I do in that moment. Yeah. From bottom to top and just be there the whole way and when when I fall, when I make a mistake or when I feel when I when I feel like anxious or or uncertainty, mm-hmm. like really really feel that and really dig into it and know that this is it. Like mm-hmm. this is it. Nothing yeah. else. And yeah, if you have a good grasp of where your climbing is, for sh- <laughs> uh, uh, as an example, and, and you know, like, yeah, I know I solidly climb 5'8". Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know I can climb 5'8". Any style, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the style. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And you, and say that person then, like, well, yeah, I want to climb 5'10". Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my goal. Well, what do most of us do, and myself included? Like, well, we, we, we go climb a few five nines, and we're like, okay, well, five nine. Da-da. No, go try the five ten. Just mm-hmm. go climb it. Yeah. Go climb it. Just go climb it. I mean, if you uh, if you can top rope it, great. I mean, mm-hmm. if, it, if it's something about leading or whatever, well, cool. Take the leading part out if you can mm-hmm. and just go try it. <laughs> we'll just go do it. We, uh, in, in the gym or whatever, if you know you have a grasp, and obviously if you're, you know, if you climb five eight five nine and you go throw yourself at a five twelve it might not look that pretty i mean yeah, I, yeah. I i know because i i, I did it i did a gym recently yeah <laughs> i was like well, that was really dumb <laughs> that didn't even look good um but go reasonably try that mm-hmm. and and, and don't because what what's going to be your expectation if you do it mm. You can't fail, yeah. I, I'm, yeah I know i can't climb it yeah at least you think you know that you can't climb it <laughs> but yeah so you're probably gonna fail at it well, great. So there's no expectation there. And man, it is great to climb with no expectations. That's so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I think that that's a great way to close it out. Is there anywhere that people can find you, Cody, and learn about your tech tip Tuesdays? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my my Instagram is at the Cody Bradford. I promise I didn't mean to make that sound as pretentious as it ended up uh, now sounding, but it's too late to change that. So it's at the Cody Bradford. Um, so website's almost done. Um, I'm waiting to put up my climbing media on it, but it is up in public. So I have a blog or two on there. It's CodyBradford.com, and um, I don't really use Facebook that much, but I think those are going to be your two best bets. Yeah. All right. And I'll be sure to leave all the links to those in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on Cody. And I'll be sure to leave your uh, most recent tech tip Tuesday too on my website. So should be good. Thank you so much for having me, yes, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. Cody. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to check out more about Cody, you can find him on CodyBradford.com. If you'd like to check out his Tech Tip Tuesdays, you can find him on Instagram at the Cody Bradford. And I'll be sure to leave all the links 
in the show notes. And you can find us on Instagram at Becoming Human Podcast and on Facebook as well. All right. Enjoy your week.